Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 169 of Getting It Out Podcast. I got to make sure you hear me because I've recorded this intro like three times and it's not coming up loud enough for me. So we got to try again. That was Adirac. The song was called Bereft. It's off of X Orient Lux, which is their new their new record that's coming out May 27th on Satanic Records. It's also available via Blood Blast Distribution digitally. That's the way you're probably going to listen to it because that's probably the most important. Blood Blast Distribution is helping out everybody lately, it seems like. They got their foot in hardcore. They got their foot in metal. They got their foot in extreme music all over, and they're doing a good job. That song you just heard, Bereft, by Adirac, also features a guest solo by Marty Friedman. You might have noticed that. You might have heard that solo and were like, wow, that was pretty good. Sounds like that guy that was in Megadeth at one point. And you you would be absolutely right. That's exactly who that was. Very good ear. I'm super impressed. As you could hear on that track, they do a lot of things that are very cool. It's, it sounds like death metal, but then there's also those clean vocals and there's some progressive elements. And uh, that's something that uh, that I think it makes them unique. They have that Gothenburg sound, but it seems totally modernized and uh, and very cool. Anyway, uh, I don't hear about many bands coming out of Singapore. I'm sure there's plenty. So you can tell me about more if you know of them. I would appreciate that. Do that with Dan at gettingitout.net. Send an email. I like emails. Um, yeah, so that's that. And that's kind of how the rest of this episode is going to go. We're going to be talking about uh, progressive thrash metal, basically. Let's let's dumb it down and call it that. Progressive thrash metal. Because um, my guest on this episode is Frank from Cryptosis. They're a band from the Netherlands, and they just put out an awesome record called Bionic Swarm on Century Media. So, rather than me say a bunch of things about it, I'm going to let him say a bunch of things about it. But first, got to do the best intro made by a crossover thrash band from New Jersey, Ever, it's the intro for Getting It Out Podcast by Hot Zone. Yeah, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious Hot Zone back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out Podcast? I said, oh, shit, I got to write a rap verse, don't I? They said, no, you don't got to write a rap verse. The Hardcore Podcast said, all right, I think I can maybe make that happen. Let's see what we can do. Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Yeah, out! Alright motherfuckers, you're in the right place at the right time Don't worry everyone, I think I figured out how loud I want this to be, and it's probably too loud, but that's alright, that's the way the podcast has always been, trial and error here at Getting It Out Podcast, and you've been along for the ride, hopefully for a while, I wonder if there's anybody who's actually listened to all episodes, aside from my family, aside from my wife, I should say, nobody else in my family gives a shit, Um, it's gotta be a small list, right? It's got to be, I mean, I think that's the list. I think I just named it. And I, I don't blame anybody for that. I haven't listened to every episode of any podcast, and I don't think I ever will. Um, although, I, get, I guess I'm getting close. There's some that I started with that I've listened to every week. So I think that makes me, uh, you know, on that list. Uh, I got to say, um, Up the Blunks. I listen to every episode of that. 
Meat Meat Podcast. Listen to every episode of that. Uh, Two Beats Off. I listen to every episode of that. What else? Um, I don't know. The Mismatch, which is a show from The Ringer about uh, NBA basketball. Uh, NBA basketball. I didn't need to say basketball at the end of that. So redundant of me. That's like ATM machine. Oh, I'm such a silly guy. Um, What else can I say that can drag this out a little longer? Um, I don't know. I used to listen to every episode of Stuff You Should Know, which would be like impossible now because I'm sure they have hundreds and I would take take me too long to catch up, though I should. Very informative show there. I was trying to listen to one earlier this week about um, how balding works. I don't think I need to know. I think I'm mad enough about it that I don't need to know the scientifics of it. Um, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's just really not fair. It really upsets me. Um, I think it's a punchable offense to make fun of that. It's a, <laughs> I, I mean it too. People think I'm joking when I say that I think you should be able to be punched in the face for making fun of somebody for being bald. Um, it's like, a, I don't know. It's nobody, nobody can do anything about it. All right, you jerks. Leave me alone. That's what I'm saying. Stop bullying me. I feel triggered and alone, uh, even though um, even though it's very normal, okay? So relax. All right, get off my case. You know what won't be getting on my case officially in two weeks? COVID-19. Yeah, got that second shot. I got that second shot because I got the first one too. So uh, that means I'm all fully vaccinated now. I guess I got to wait two weeks and then I'm in the clear, right? So next, two weeks from last Wednesday, then I'm then I'm all set and ready to run around in public like I have been for the past year anyway. Um, and this time I'll still be wearing a mask because I still have to. And whatever, that's fine. If that's the if that's the way we're doing it, then that's the way we're doing it. I'm not going to start complaining about that now. I kind of low-key always have been, but I'm not really going to complain about it. Okay, I'm just going to vent about it and be a little uncomfortable. I can handle it, all right? But I got that second shot, right? And this time when I went to get the shot... It was sketchy, all right? It's sketchy to begin with. It, the, whole, the whole thing is really sketchy, but, <laughs> but now the facility I went to, which used to be an old Bonton, it's in the mall. The same place I went the first time. When I went the first time, it was like private, and there weren't that many people, and there was like a line, and a couple people one at a time. This time, they ran me through there so fast, and there were so many people working, and there was army people all over the place in camouflage and there was other people that were given the shots and they give you the shot and then they make you wait 15 minutes to see if anything happens to you and uh there's constables standing around with a with a gun which you got to be the dorkiest law enforcement i ever heard of to be called a constable i don't even know what you do i mean i think you knock on doors but you just come on either be a cop or be a i don't know Constable. It sounds like the librarian of police, and I don't like it. Nobody likes librarians. Not even librarians. Um, they say dentists are, you know, number one for suicide, but it's got to be librarians, right? Nobody would even know, though. Um, anyway, that's a, that's a fact that I just made up. Uh, I don't know where that comes from, but it seems right. I think you probably agree with me. So let's just keep going. All right. Um, so there's constables with guns. There's people with guns. There's people in camouflage who don't have guns. There's people wearing bulletproof vests and which you might as well now because everywhere everywhere you go there's a mass shooting what i'm trying to say is that the vaccination site and everything about it is just really strange and i can totally understand how anybody could come up with conspiracies from this shit i'm not saying i agree with the conspiracies i don't even know what they are okay i i mean i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> some of them are hilariously uh, off the wall and some of them are probably like oh What's happening there? Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know shit. 
All I know is that I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a sheep and I went in line and I got my shot and I'm okay with that. It did make me really sick though um, for like 24 hours and I'm being super dramatic about it because it wasn't that bad, but here's what happened. Okay, so I get the shot and then nothing happens. And then I go to bed and I'm like, okay, I have a little bit of a headache. That's okay. And I wake up in the morning. I'm like, all right, I got a little bit of a headache. And then by like 8, 8 a.m., I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm achy. And then by like 11 a.m., I'm like, my whole body is going to fall apart. It was that, that kind of type of achiness to where I'm looking up what causes your body to feel achy when you have the flu or whatever sickness. It turns out there's something called a... Called uh, I don't know something that they abbreviate by, by calling PG, plantoglobin or some some shit like that. And uh, apparently when they when that when that thing releases in your body, so where does it come from? Actually, let's let's back up here. Where does PG? Yeah, they're like when your body releases the PG. What part of my body's holding the PG? This is something I never understand about bodies and their science and these scientists and these doctors. What are they talking about? They're like once your body releases it, like releases it where and where where am I storing this? Is that maybe I, I always wonder this too? Maybe maybe that's the place where I used to keep phone numbers at because I don't remember any phone numbers anymore because I don't have to. But when I was younger and you had to remember phone numbers, you used to keep them somewhere, and I don't know what I keep there now because I definitely don't keep phone numbers. So maybe that place is where I keep the PG, but I can't believe that because I've always gotten sick and gotten achy. So my PG has a spot, right? My phone numbers had a spot, but now that spot's empty because I don't remember anybody's phone number except for my wife's and. Um, What's going on in there? Why can't I use that space for something else? Maybe I could take some extra PG and put it in the phone number spot. So that way, in case I get sick and I need to fight off an infection, I can release the PG. Because what you understand, obviously, now is that the PG fights the infection. But the problem with that PG is that it makes you feel achy. Why? I don't know. I, I read a paragraph in this article, okay? I could not be bothered to read more because it got way too confusing for me. But it said the PG looks like a crystal with a tube through it. That's it. That's all the information I have for you. Now, you obviously can understand that I'm, I'm a little more educated on this by you, than you, so you're just going to have to bear with me. What I'm saying is that I felt achy from the, from the second COVID shot. The Pfizer, by the way. Now you all know. Don't take my card. Um, and it was, uh, it was an interesting 24 hours. I got really achy. And then later when I sat down on the couch, like 8 p.m. or something, my wife noticed I had a fever. I didn't even notice I had a fever. She noticed I had a fever. God's like 101. 101.7, I think she said, which is like usually where the best radio stations are at. Do you ever notice that? But no matter what city you're in, like the higher you go up, the better the radio stations get. It's not all. I mean, the radio stations suck regardless. But like when I was a kid, the rock and roll stations was 105.7, which like everywhere else, it was also named The Edge and The X at two different times, which I'm sure your radio stations were pretty similarly named. Anyway, that's where you can listen to Nirvana. Probably still can. I think I totally lost my train of thought, but I also know that I was talking about how the COVID vaccine made me feel sick for 24 hours. And now that's my story. That's the whole story that you just listened to me try to get through was me feeling sick for 24 hours after that second COVID vaccine. Uh, my wife got her second one and didn't feel as bad at all. Like not even close. We went hiking. She did a hike. I, I paced around the house all day saying I was too achy to sit down. Cause I'm a baby, you know. I haven't been sick in years, though. I gotta gotta give that give that one up to the. I give that to the flu shot, even though I haven't gotten the flu shot now for like two years. But I did get the COVID shot. That counts as like two flu shots, because it was two different shots. See, that's the math I'm doing. 
Um, so I'm up, to, I'm up to date. I tell you all this because I tried to tell Frank from Cryptosis this when we first got on the phone, and he did not sound interested in speaking about it. Imagine that. Imagine you get a call from a guy in another part of the world, and <laughs> you think he wants to talk to you about his band, and instead he's like, ah, I got a shot yesterday, and I feel icky. Uh, but no, it's all good. So we talked about his band, which is really the point of the conversation anyway. Cryptosis from the Netherlands uh, and their new album, Bionic Swarm, is pretty fantastic. So before we get into this interview, let's just play a song from it, right? Let's play Transcendence. I believe it's one of the singles. So listen to this and then get into my talk with Frank.
How you doing, man? Yeah, great. How are you? You know, I'm all right. But uh, I got the I got that fucking second vaccine shot yesterday, and uh, I feel like shit today. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> no, I was hoping it was all bullshit, but apparently it's not. But anyway, you, my friend, or, or Frank, how do I say your last name? It's difficult to pronounce. Yeah, yeah, it's tough for us. But you, so you're you're in um, you're in uh, Cryptosis, which is this. I guess, I guess is technically a new band, right? Uh, technically, yes, but we have been around for uh, seven years already with a with a different band name, and uh, we've been releasing albums as well. But you know, the the style was a bit a bit different than what we're trying to do now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've noticed. But um, so so for you personally, when did you when did you first get involved with what we would consider I don't know extreme music or heavy metal? Uh, yeah, I think I was a yeah I was a kid. Like uh, I saw video clips on MTV from Slipknot, Corn, and you know, uh, and then you know that that started. And I, th- I think pretty soon, like maybe a couple of months later, I was already listening to stuff like Demi Bargear, Dark Funeral, like really extreme metal. And uh, after that, I just uh, got into Slayer and, and, and stuff like that. So for me, um, yeah, I, I think it was like 12, 12 years old, maybe 11. Yeah, I think that's funny. That's That seems to be the age where a lot of us find uh, underground music you know it's like you don't give a shit at all before and then suddenly it kind of takes over at least that's how it was for me um is it- yeah but i was always uh into music anyways uh you know like recording uh, music from the radio that i liked you know as a kid but then of course you you know you you, you get like yeah 11 12 years old you you, you know you're more like um you know uh you you get to a certain age that you're again against all authority and, and stuff like that and uh, you know this this music was the perfect soundtrack for me at the time yeah i hear you and uh, you know, likewise um did you, you you mentioned being into music did you grow up in a musical family in any way yeah my dad used to play in a band too and in, uh, in the 80s and um but n- nothing serious you know just like uh just like a random cover band um but you know he's a really fan of uh, hard rock and uh, heavy metal music um so you know it was just uh, a matter of time uh, before i picked that up and what 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 was the first thing that you picked up to play i think it was deep purple in rock yeah no i'm sorry um which is a great album by the way i mean um what was the first instrument that you picked up to learn yourself Uh uh, yeah, guitar, uh, because we had those uh, acoustic guitars laying around and uh, there was uh, there were some uh, amplifiers as well, but there was no electric guitar or bass. So I think it was like 13 years old and I got my first bass guitar and from there on I just, you know, instantly started playing in bands and, you know, with friends from school and I learned, you know, to get more people from around and, uh, yeah, I pretty, pretty soon started uh, playing live as well i think you know at uh parties birthday parties you know like uh these silly uh performances but you know that that got me really hooked on on you know on, on the, the, the 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 whole lifestyle that involved with playing concerts like party and you know like uh all that kind of stuff 
Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I got we have a we have a fourteen year old and a seven seven year old, both daughters, and both of them right now are interested in playing the guitar. And the one thing that I'm worried, we bought them both guitars, acoustic guitars, and what I'm what I'm worried about is that they won't stick with it. So, so you know, they won't stick with it long enough to get good at. It. They'll get discouraged and and uh, and you know not want to keep going. With with you, do you think it was easier to stay engaged with music having your dad also be a musician? Well, it, it certainly made things easier in the beginning, like uh, super simple stuff, like this is you know, like this is the G card, this is a C minor card, you know, like all the all the stuff that that you really need to know as a beginner, and and that that made it uh, quite easy, and that there was a lot of books laying around with uh, with you know, like chord progressions from Rolling Stones, Beatles, stuff like that. So uh, I, I, I pretty much learned the stuff myself. And I also had some lessons, but, you know, like when I was a teenager, I, I really had the problems with authority and, uh, you know, like I always had uh, trouble with with a, with a trainer, you know, uh, at sports and, 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 and with teachers in school. So for me, that wasn't really uh, the way to go. And... Um, also, this music teacher, you know, like, uh, he was a nice guy, but, you know, it, it just wasn't really a, a fit. And um, so I figured out all the stuff myself. And like I said, I started playing in bands pretty soon. And I think quite early on, I, I got involved with a really technical death metal band, which was way above what I could play at the time. Uh, but, you know, the, the, those guys, they, they learned me a lot about music theory and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So... That really changed my perspective on music, and from there on, I, I just listened to music in a different way. Yeah, that's very cool, and it's, it's awesome that you had those resources available to you. And I totally understand the against all authority mentality, and uh, I had that problem too. Well, I call it a problem now because it didn't do me any good, but <laughs> but you know, I was I was <laughs> right there with you. But um, the uh, so so you, you mentioned early on you got into you, you got in pretty deep and you got in pretty it sounds like you started pretty underground you didn't start you know at the pretty common stuff so what what was the local metal scene like for you where you live when you were that age was it vibrant was there a lot of bands to choose from was it was there shows what was going on when you were coming up yeah i was growing up in a small village and in the countryside of the netherlands um, and you know, as a teenager, there, there wasn't much to do, but there, there, yeah, there, there were like-minded guys, and some, most of them were uh, a bit older than me, like a few years older, so they already started playing in bands, and of course, you know, they weren't any good, but, you know, they had a lot of fun, and, and they were organizing stuff, and, and we had a local youth center that was hosting concerts, I think, every month, what? every month or so you know with with heavy stuff like punk uh, metal um, you know they had bands like all over the netherlands sometimes international uh, bands so um, yeah I, I think you know in in the really small area that i grew up there, there was quite a lot of things going on there were like i think like five six seven bands with guys just like from my from my age that they were playing so yeah i think there was a lot of of, of music going on but you know, pretty soon I, I moved out from that area to a, a bigger town, and yeah, that that was really a, a vibrant, a vibrant place um, musically. Are are a lot of those guys still into it, or are you the only one left? Yeah, I think I'm the, one of the the last survivors. <laughs> you know, most of them 
you know, they, they have like a, a normal job and, and a wife and some kids and, you know, uh, that's just uh, stuff that I that I never was into and, uh, you know, I just followed my passion and that was music and I still do it. When when did when did you start the band that became Cryptosis? Which I'm going to say the name wrong. Probably is it Distillator or Distillator? Distillator, yeah. It's it's uh, more like maybe a, a Dutch pronouncement, but I I think we started in January 2013. Okay, so about about eight years ago, and uh, you put out put out a decent amount of material in that time, um, and you know I've, I've listened to it, and it's all very good, but obviously something changed when you guys switched over to cryptosis what was the what was the what was behind that why why do the name change i'm sure that a lot i'm sure that there's a there's obviously a big reason for this why did you change to cryptosis yeah well when we started uh, we were just students and we wanted to play music uh, that we loved like uh, slayer megadeth sodom you know like the, the german trash and um over the years, that that was really great, and we released some albums that got quite a good response here in the in the Netherlands and also in Europe. And we even went to uh, seventy thousand tons of metal cruise. Oh, cool. So you know we were doing quite okay with this band, and um, but we felt uh, limited. You know, like we had a logo that breathed eighties trash metal. We were playing music that was eighties trash metal, and during the years we developed ourselves as musicians and. Also, our songwriting skills became better, and you know, um, I introduced the Mellotron. It's like some kind of tape, kind of synthesizer to the, to this band, and you know that changed the sound drastically. So our the tools that we had for songwriting, you know, they were much more mature, and also our musical taste really shifted to the last couple of years. So, um, you know, we when we started writing this album, Bionic Swan, it was uh, initially the, the first, first distillator album, at least that was the, the, the main idea behind it. But we just wanted to write something that we really loved and that we really felt, you know, like it was ours and not like it sounded a, a little bit like Destruction or it sounded like Slayer, you know, like we wanted to find our own sound. And we just said like, okay, we're going to write this album and everything that we did in the past, we're going to forget about it. We're just going to write whatever we want. And, you know, if it's a pop album, then it will it will be, you know, like that. Or is it the black metal, then it will be like that. And we just wrote and uh, this is what came out. And, you know, we, when we got the masters of this uh, album in February 2020, we, we listened to it and we said like, yeah, you know, this is totally different than what we did before. And, um, you know, like maybe we should change our name too and our logo because uh, you know people will always associate this band with old school trash, and we really want to you know move away from that in the future. And we all, all also did that with this album uh, for a little bit. So you know, then then we decided to go and you know take the gamble, and uh, we gave the the master to our management. They're pretty uh, well known here in the European. Uh, yeah, metal scene and he said like you know go to your contacts show this music to them and but don't mention our band name and just see you know like tell them it's a new band and see you know if anybody is interested and i think it was like five days before the pandemic so we were really confident you know we had been working on this album for like i think two or three years and we've been working on it you know non-stop and we put all our money into this album and 
so we we were really confident, like you know, with this material, and we thought like, yeah, there, there will be somebody who like like this stuff too. And you know, like a week later, the whole pandemic st- started, and you know, like uh, from one day to the other, the whole live live music scene just you know like was declared dead, and we we really got depressed, you know, at, at that point because we, we we just saw you know three years work disappeared in you know one day, yeah. and. I, after after maybe a few days, Central Media got uh, in contact with us and they said like, yeah, we listen to the material. We think it's uh, really strong, and you know, we really would like to uh, get to know each other and talk about the deal. And uh, you know, that that was a dream for us that came true because we have been working uh, for on on this band, you know, like so long already, and you know. T- them telling us that they 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 liked the stuff and they they thought it was interesting. Yeah, that was really uh, you know like a, a big compliment for us. Yeah, I bet, and I bet that the, the highs and lows of that of feeling like it was all worthless, you know, the, the three years of work to to getting contacted and signed by one of the one of the literally the biggest metal record labels there ever has been, um, is pretty intense. And that's pretty cool. Um, I really like what you, what you mentioned about how you wrote the album, wrote and recorded the album first before you changed the name. Um, that makes a lot of sense, you know, to, to how you went back and listened to it and said, this is, this is something different. Um, that's really cool. And I think it's a really mature way to go about, uh, making a name change. And it's really, yeah, it's a very smart take on it. Um, did, you mentioned things like the, the limitations of playing thrash music. And it's something that I've, I've always found interesting and uh, like with like thrash and crossover, like how come nobody has ever been able to break through again even all these bands all play it so well and they do such a good job and it sounds great but it but it's but it's never any different and it can't be because then it's not thrash anymore you know the minute you go start going progressive you know that people start turning their nose up to it but you guys did that here and it sounds awesome and uh there's a whole bunch of different different influences that i hear listening to bionic swarm that i don't hear when i listen to the stilliter stuff Distillator, sorry, and um, and I, you know, a lot of it is that that Mellotron that you mentioned, um, but this whole thing, you know, it's it's a it's a very cool transition. I don't think it's necessary that anybody knows anything about the past band because it's such a strong, uh, we can call it a debut. Um, simply on the name of Cryptosis, what is that name, and how did you come up with it? Well, the name. Uh... It's basically a made-up a made-up word, and it's consisting of two words. Uh, it's, uh, on the one hand, it's crypto, uh, means hidden, or and you know it's it's been a lot uh, used in relation to technology, and it's uh, hypnosis. So when when we combine those two words for us, it means like technological hypnosis because you know the world around us is changing more and more, and technology is is you know infiltrating in our daily lives, and it will only get more and more, you know, and also the advancements, they will increase and, and they will, you know, like the advancements of technology, they, they will really uh, expand, you know, from this day on, it will only get uh, more intelligent, um, you know, like a better, a brighter. So for us, that was a, a really cool uh, a synonym for, uh, for the music that we want to play. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool name, and it pretty much sounds like a word. You know, I thought it was until I was looking it up. Um, and, and that's what you said about the advancement of technology is something I think about a lot. I don't know. How old are you, Frank? Sorry? How old are you? 
I am 32. 32. Okay, so you're, you're four years younger than me. So, so you've you've grown up pretty much the same way I have, where we've seen these insane jumps in technology, and it's crazy to think about what the hell is it going to be in another 10 years? Like, what, <laughs> what the fuck? Or what, what's going to happen? How are they going to change? And and I don't know. That's I think it, it it's it's unanswerable. But uh, but yeah, I think it's a very cool concept you got going on with this. With this band and this name, and by the way, is Bionic Swarm is Bionic Swarm a concept record at all? Yes, it's a concept album, and uh, every song is a first person first person's perspective, talking uh, stories about the year twenty one forty nine. Okay, yeah, that's so that's, so that's you got that intro with the overture twenty twenty one forty nine. It takes off from there, yeah. right? Yes. And you, you've you've had this out now for a couple of weeks. It came out March twenty sixth, I want to say, um, at least over here. And uh, so, so what has what has the feedback been? And have you noticed a difference between people who associate it with your old band and people who have never heard of your old band? Uh, no, uh, I think everybody is uh, pretty uh, enthusiastic about it. And for, you know, as an artist, that's always. Uh, Exciting, but uh, at the other hand, it's all, you know you get nervous about it too because you work uh, very hard on uh, on a project, and you know when you release it, you you know it's always uh, you, you know maybe you love it, but fans might not. And uh, for us, it, it was really uh, nice that that people really really you know like really positive, and we got so many good uh, feedback. And you know the daily album was released like. Our inbox and Instagram, you know, literally exploded. Like so many people were sending us messages, posting stuff, you know, like tag us in stories and and, and whatsoever. And you know, that was that, that felt really great. Do you feel just speaking of like the, you know band reactions and social media? Do you, is that where you get the most uh, feedback or most reactions? Is that is that on Instagram? Is that where you see the most fan interactions? Yeah, I think Facebook as well, but. Uh, somehow on Facebook, it's it's more like I, I don't know if it's true, but for for me, it feels like uh, when on Facebook, it's it seems like uh, there's you know it's uh, people don't really um, write you a message, you know, like uh, they write they not really, of course they do, but not mu- not so much people write like a, a personal message to our Facebook page. But um, Instagram, like people writing us all the time, you know, it's it's such a different uh, medium. But you know, they're both owned by Facebook. Right, right. Is this is this the first um, is this the first time where you've ha- gotten this amount of fan interaction or private messages like that, or did, or did you have that at all with the previous band? Well, we had it with the previous band, but you know, this time it was like ten times more than than we were used to. You know, like. And we also had a lot of pre-orders uh, that that we you know had to pack and to ship and you know everything that we did like we calculated like okay you know like we're signed by Century Media now but you know that the work will be like probably uh, a little bit more but not, not so much more than we had in the past but you know we really uh, we really um, you know like uh, didn't expect this all this kind of stuff to happen so. For us, that, that that's really uh, you know. Of course, it's a lot of work and hard work, but it's it's so great to experience this. 
Yeah, that's that's a thing that I've noticed with talking to a couple of different uh, sensory media artists, and I think it was enforced. I had on recently, and and Knox and I were talking about that, and the how the reaction was more than anticipated, and uh, that's got to be, uh, you know, it's got from 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 my conversations, it's got to be a product of being on a label like sensory media and how you you get the automatic it's like a it's like a little bit of a built-in fan base if somebody sees that stamp on a record on a band they're gonna go okay well i'm gonna check this out um even something like pre-orders for, for pre-orders for, i mean i know you guys you know pumped your singles and everything but the the to get to get a decent amount of pre-orders for basically a new band is pretty cool too um with i don't know with, with is there any is there any well for you just sensory media what was Let's talk about that for a minute. Do you have any like favorite uh, Century Media artists from your past or ever? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Necrophobic is uh, one of uh, my favorite bands from that roster. Uh, Coroner is uh, it's a fantastic band that I really like uh, for many many years. I think uh, Dark Funeral, Mayhem, they're they're both fantastic. Um, yeah, Arch Enemy, of course, you know, we we grew up with that band, uh, but, you know, the last few years, they're not really um, that much on my radar, to be honest. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there, there are so many great bands. Angelus, Apatrida from Spain, they're friends, friends with us. Asfix, they're from our hometown. So there's so much, uh, so, they have so much, great, um, you know, fantastic bands. Yeah, they do. I remember as a kid getting. I think I bring this up anytime I talk sensory media, but getting a, getting the uh, compilations they used to put out. I think they were called Identity, and just and loving the uh, the array of, of the roster, the variety on there. There was hardcore, there was metal, there was you know I don't know. I feel like it was like Iced Earth and Marauder, but Opeth and Jag Panzer. You know, it was just like all over the place, and it's something I've always appreciated about 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 sensory media um, with. So you guys, you guys are a, are a trio, right? And you mentioned that you started playing the Mellotron and that on on this record. When did you pick that instrument up? When did you start working on that? Yeah, yeah we, um, we used it on the latest split album with Space Changer as well. So I, I think uh, we started playing around with that somewhere between 2017, probably. And uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's just uh, an amazing, amazing sound, and it, it's really, really different than uh, than than what most bands use these days. And you you hear the Mellotron a lot in the Beatles records and Rolling Stones, and you know, like even Stephen Wilson, Porcupine Tree, Opeth, that kind of bands, but not really into this really extreme metal stuff that we're doing. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's a really eerie sound, uh, but also makes the our sound really symphonic and, and really you know really big yeah that's something for sure in the it, sometimes you don't even notice it's there until you listen you know it's just kind of kind of sits in the background nicely at parts and other parts you know it's more prominent but you know i was getting some like nocturnus ad vibes or nocturnus whatever um but yeah definitely you know know it from opet but it was, it's a it's a cool move but my my question with that is with you guys being a trio and you playing bass as well. How how do you intend to pull this off live? Uh, well, all the music is written for a three-piece band, so you know, like it, it may sound uh, really extreme on the on the album, but um, to be honest, there is not really much uh, 
tricks that we that we did on the on the you know on the recording. It's just uh, you know it's just written that we wanted to tour with this album and um, yeah, unfortunately we can't do it right now. But um, yeah, it's it, it's really um, yeah it's really written like that. And we're also going to do a live stream in April 24th. So you're going to see you know how we do this stuff live. Oh, awesome. Okay, so this will be out before April 24th. So where can, how can people find that? Yeah, they can find it on our Facebook and other social medias. Uh, YouTube channel of Century Media is doing a premiere as well. Okay, cool, cool. Hey, so you, speaking of live stuff, you, you had, I mean, you tried to book a tour, a European tour for, for May. With, was that with Vector, if I'm am I correct about that? Yeah, we we had the tour scheduled for uh, one month with Vector. Uh, unfortunately, it's cancelled. Uh, um, but we're going to reschedule this tour to 2022, I think. And we're definitely going to be uh, with this package on the road. Cool. Are are you going to anticipate trying to book later in the fall just for the hell of it? Maybe it'll work. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, we got a booking agency that's uh, doing all this stuff. Uh, Factor is on the roster as well, so yeah. you know both of they are working with both uh, bands, so they're definitely going to you know play it safe this time. I think. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I think a lot of people. I, I see a lot of tours getting announced, and you kind of can see that they're not going to happen. But uh, but I feel bad for you guys for bands. I want I want to see some stuff happening, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Well, hope hopefully by fall, but who knows. Um. So, so you got this record, uh, Bionic Swarm. It's it's out on one of the biggest you know record labels for for metal that there's ever been. Do you personally have a favorite part, a favorite moment on that on this record? Do you have a favorite track? Is there anything? Is there is there just something about this that makes it your favorite thing you've done? Uh, yeah, Prospect of Immortality is one of my favorite songs on the album. Um, it's uh, it's really a different uh, structure than the usual pop, let's say first chorus structure. So you know it's got a really epic outro that that I you know that I, that I wrote and that I'm really proud of, um, with a lot of choirs and you know like it's super epic. It's so, something that I really like. Um, uh, a song called Flux Divergence. I think it's one of my favorites because it's like 250 BPMs, uh, a lot of 16 notes. So it's it's really like running a marathon in uh, you know like half an hour. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, super extreme. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I like like all of the stuff uh, actually. But uh, yeah, I think these two songs are really you know jumping out for me. That's very cool. I think you know a lot of times you ask that question and people can't pick, but I know there's got to be. There's got to be parts of it that you enjoy. I mean, not not that it's worth anything, but I really enjoyed uh, what is a killing technology. Um, but there's there's uh, there's so much good stuff. Or death technology. Sorry, um, what is killing technology? Isn't that like a Voivod song? Uh, anyway, the, this is this. I didn't hear about you guys until Bionic Swarm, and I'm glad I did. And I think a lot of people are going to be on the same page. And uh, I look forward to to hopefully seeing you guys one day if you can get over here once all this shit clears up and uh and i don't know i compliment you on the record um the live stream you said is going to be april 24th on and we can find that basically at all your social media shit and um through century media um any anything else you want to touch on with with cryptosis 
Yeah, if you really like the music, uh, you know, uh, we really appreciate if you if you buy the album in our web store, web store, it's cryptosis.net slash shop. If you haven't heard our band, we, we are on every streaming platform. If you're into symphonic metal, technical metal, extreme metal, trash metal, black metal, just check it out and I uh, hope you like it. Hey, Frank, thank you for doing this. Sorry for the little mix-up in the beginning. I appreciate you taking your time, though, and uh, have a good night. Cool. See you later. Later, man.
So there it is. That's my conversation with Frank from Cryptosis, the new album, Bionic Swarm, available everywhere right now through Century Meter Records. That song you just heard was Decipher. It, of course, is off of that album, or why else would I play it? You know that. I'd really like to thank Frank for taking the time to have that conversation. We had a little bit of trouble connecting, and it can be a little frustrating when we're trying to do these things literally across the world, working with different time zones. It's a lot to arrange, and uh, we were able to pull it off, so I'm, I'm glad and thankful that he was able to do it. Um, because Cryptosis really is a cool band. I'm glad they got on my radar. And uh, hopefully hopefully I can put them on your radar. And if they're not already there, then uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do the work that needs to be done to make sure you can headbang and uh, do your metal horns, whatever the hell you want to do to cryptosis. I don't know. Do do brain surgery to it for all I care. Just do a good job, all right? We don't need any bad brain surgeons out there. Because uh, because they're headbanging to cryptosis while they're doing brain surgery. I don't. Are brain surgeons allowed to listen to music? Forget that. Are any surgeons allowed to listen to music? Are, do any surgeons demand that they listen to music? And is any of that music good? I don't know. These are all questions that we're trying to figure out on Getting It Out podcast. I'm not going to do any research on that, but I'll have an, an answer for you next week, most likely. Actually, I'll probably just forget. You can forget too. Let's forget we even had this conversation. Okay, so I keep telling you at the end of the month, gettingitout.net is going to be there, and I'm going to keep telling you that. I'm going to say it until I look like a fool, and it's not, because uh, it's worth the risk, because if it does finally show up by the end of this month, I'll be very happy, and hopefully you will too. Um, As always, you can go to Instagram at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast and give a follow there. I have been doing well with updating the weekly getting it out playlist on Spotify. Go follow that on Spotify, getting it out playlist. Just search for that. Um, I've been doing good. I've been doing better than I had been. <laughs> I don't get it every week, but I get it at least every other week. And uh, there's a lot of cool tracks on there. You can always check that out for a little insight on what's to come on the podcast. I always sneak little previews in there, but it's usually amongst like 20 other songs. So you're going to have to kind of guess which one it's going to be. Use your your noodle though. You'll be able to figure it out if you think hard enough. Use a little context clues. How about that? All right, do some of the work. Or you can just join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash getting it out podcast. And there will conveniently be a list that will tell you who the next guests are. That's one thing that Patreon subscribers get is a preview, a look at the upcoming guests. Uh, what else is there? What else is there to tell you about? We got the Facebook. We got the Twitter. Getting it out podcast and all that. Just search for it. You'll find it. It's not that hard. Other than a special shout out to Joel Embiid for continuing his MVP level performance this year in the NBA. I think I should tell you we're going to end this, this episode now. But before we officially end it, I'm going to play a track from Unfathomable Ruination. This one's called Disciples of Pestilence, and it's off of their upcoming EP, Decennium Ruini. It's coming out May 28th on Willowtip Records. Check the link in the show notes for more information on Unfathomable Ruination. Go check out the video for this song. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.